I'm Rebecca Stead, and I am the author of Goodbye Stranger, published by Wendy Lamb Books. And could you read a little bit? Sure. Um, I've never heard you read before. I'm so excited. <clears throat> Don't get too excited. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to have to wait until the end to hear Miss Stead read aloud. It's worth the wait. Trust me. Welcome to The Yarn, a Backpack Media production. We are continuing our Unraveler series with this episode, featuring Newbery medalist Rebecca Stead. In each episode, a book creator will take you inside one of their books, their inspirations, fears, frustrations, triumphs, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart, unraveled. I sat down with Rebecca on a chilly Saturday morning at NCTE in Minneapolis. It was magical. In this episode, Miss Stead talks about how writing Goodbye Stranger was different than every other book that she has written. We're giving away a copy of Goodbye Stranger, the one that Rebecca reads from in this episode. Visit bkpk.media for more information. All right, let's do this. It's time to unravel Goodbye Stranger. I often say that this book is about love and many different forms of love. So love within a family and love among friends and um, the beginning of, of romantic love. But it's also about loving yourself and about accepting yourself. And that's something that's said a lot, of course, in children's literature. But um, I think that particularly in one storyline, um, I was really trying to build up to the idea that it's okay to to make a life where you feel loved and and happy, and that's all you really need to worry about. Um, and so that was one thing. And of course, you do have to worry about how you treat other people, which is an important part of building a life where you know you're loved by your friends and you feel like you like the person you are when you're with your friends. And that is something that um, I thought about throughout my life. And so it was one, one thing that I wanted to, to get in there in a meaningful way. And whenever you have, I mean, I feel like it's easy to write that down, but what you're trying to do, whether, whether I'm successful or not, what I'm always trying to do is build through scene um, until the reader is actually having, you know, that realization or revelation at the same time as the character. So it's not the character telling the reader, oh, then I realized, you know, the only important thing is having friends who really love me and who I can, you know, show love. But it's more difficult to to build a story where um, that feels like something that rises organically. So that's what I'm always struggling to do, and um, it's hard to do. And so I think that sometimes, you know, the hardest thing about writing is is risking um, sentimentality. I feel as if every book you write requires you to completely reinvent the process of writing a book, um, which is uh, 
I don't know, it's discouraging sometimes, but it's also kind of fun because it makes you feel like you can invent some new way. Um, with Liar and Spy, I had to retype the entire thing at one point because I knew I wanted to get rid of a lot of words, but the more I stared at it, the less clear it was to me what needed to go and what should stay. So what I did was I printed out the whole draft, I put it next to me, and I retyped the book, and it was actually very easy for some reason to see what not to put back in. It sounds absurd, right? It's, I couldn't tell what to take out, but I knew what not to put back in, but somehow it worked. With this story, um, I wrote longhand, and that was um, really useful to me this time. I don't know if it's something that I'll do again with the next one, but I sat um, in my kitchen, and I every day I, I told myself that I needed to write until I discovered something about the story that I didn't know when I sat down. And as soon as I discovered something that felt significant, I could stop, <laughs> which is the big reward. And so I, I, I did that, and I, I had this little ritual of sharpening my pencil. I have this very heavy pencil sharpener that I love. And I, I didn't know when I sat down which thread of the story I was going to be working on. And I ended up with this, you know, long handwritten thing that I then retyped and, I mean, that I typed into my computer eventually, um, which was a great way, again, to eliminate words. So when I, when I typed it into the file, I was able to cut it down a lot because there were a lot of extra words in there, which is, I think, true for most writers and um, you know eventually I I had a full draft and at that point you know then then I was at revision well I think I have to say that the biggest struggle for this book was the same struggle that I have with every book which is moving forward and it's very hard to tolerate the feeling of not knowing and I have um, actually I had a writing teacher who said sometimes when you're working it's okay to admit really openly and directly to yourself that you don't know and that is part of writing but it's not the best feeling to sit down and feel, you know, directionless. And um, actually, that was one reason why I began to write in longhand this time, was that I was having trouble moving forward. When, when I don't know what's ahead and it feels hard to move forward, I have this impulse always to go back. So if I'm looking at, at an electronic file, it's very easy to go back to the beginning and fiddle and fiddle and fiddle. And so by writing longhand, I sort of taught myself to move, move ahead because I'm not likely to go back to a scrawled, you know, pencil on a page and um, edit because I can barely read it and there's no space to change anything. <laughs> and so um, that was my way of kind of paddling forward. Stephen King has this nice um, thing he says that I like to think about that you should write the first draft as if you're like desperately paddling a sinking boat 
And so longhand was my way of doing it. But it did feel like a struggle every day. And I think that um, having some faith in the process and faith in myself when I feel as if I don't know what's happening next is hard. And I always am dreaming of learning to plot a book before I write it. And that has not happened for me yet because I have trouble thinking about plot um, without knowing my characters very well. And I don't know my characters well until I've written many scenes. So I can't plot it first. And I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends who do have that skill and asked them to help me think about finding a way to do that because it's tempting. Um, but I haven't figured it out. So the hardest thing about writing this book and every book um, is just not knowing whether I'm going to be able to do it. And, and sort of, you know, hoping that in, in sitting down to write with that feeling of not knowing, I'm going to come across um, things that seem significant and just through scene we'll discover some important things and then revision is where you really have to make it all come together and so that is that's at least half of the work and now rebecca stead reads from goodbye stranger Valentine's Day. You paint your toenails. You don't steal nail polish, though. Vinny calls you chicken. All of her polish comes from the $6 manicure place. Every month, she puts another bottle in her pocket while the lady is getting the warm towel for her hands. You told her you want to be a lawyer and can't be stealing stuff. Vinny rolled her eyes. Then Zoe rolled her eyes. Vinny's eye rolls are perfect dives, but Zoe always tries too hard. Her lids tremble and her eyeballs look like they might disappear into her head. Your mother is shouting that it's time to leave for school. You suck in air and shout back, just a minute, you're not going to school. She doesn't realize that, of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. If you have an idea for a possible season or episode of The Yarn, send us an email. Theyarn at bkpk.media. Last week, we got a great idea from Lisa, a teacher librarian in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I'm going to read you the email. I have always been curious about multiple author books, 39 Clues, Spirit Animals, etc. How do those get put together so well into a series? What is the process authors go through to write these kinds of books? Thanks for the great podcast. I love listening and recommending the yarn. Aw, thanks, Lisa. I'm going to email Scholastic and see if this topic is something we might be able to look into. So lately, I've been really obsessed with creating this newsletter for the yarn. Would love for you to check it out. You can sign up at bkpk.media. It's filled with all kinds of fun and exciting and silly and wacky things. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. so smart <laughs> I am not so smart <laughs> you're not oh you fooled me